we're live streaming. You know, um, Dan's uh, here, Freddie, and and I had a great talk with Dan yesterday uh, in the evening about his uh, dropping off Colton experience. Um, but why don't we save that, Daniel? Because I think okay. it's, it's going to. Because here's the, the thing: is uh, Edmonton Steve's going to be popping in here on the show uh, momentarily. So, but I don't want you to leave. I'm just letting you know. I, I want to save that story because I thought it was okay. very. Yeah. I. Um, how are you today, Frederick? You all right? Yes, I'm fine. <clears throat> um, you know, last night I sit down to watch the Jeffrey Dahmer special. Oh yeah, special. Special. <laughs> That's right. It's a Jeffrey special Dahmer presentation. <laughs> documentary yes and i almost immediately fall asleep right so then i wake up and i thought oh there's a leaf game on no word of a lie i didn't watch a minute of it i switch it on and it's in the last minute and montreal scores with 17 seconds to go to beat the leafs no, i heard <laughs> <laughs> and, and now you can't get back because i was sleep. sort of in a fog because i sleep really deeply on this couch down here and, so. yeah. and then i'm turning on i think oh yeah yeah what's going on here and then back and forth and all of the scars and it's like oh. <laughs> And I look at the guy, 17 seconds, and Montreal goes ahead. It's funny. And immediately, Ball sends me a uh, text going. Fred yeah, Ball. The other, yeah. Fred Ball. Fred Ball. Basically saying, he said, I was wondering if uh, the Leafs had uh, lent uh, the Blue Jays their playbook. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and obviously, they've given it back. <laughs> <laughs> so you watched uh, a little bit of the Jeffrey Dahmer special, the variety yeah, special. Don't ask it, Howard. It was no, I, I don't remember. But it. I was going to say, like you know, he's famous for like basically melting down his victims, you know, with acid. And I haven't seen it yet either. But I just you know I remember the Dahmer story. So at that <laughs> point, you were thinking, oh man, what's worse, being a Leaf fan or hanging yeah. out with Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> <laughs> and now you found out. Yeah. Um, have you watched it, Dan? I've heard it. I've heard, someone was telling me about it yesterday. That it's really, really good. Yeah, I'm not going to be watching that. I have no interest. Well, I, I, I've heard it's good. Yeah, but uh, you know, I just I don't know. This yeah, it's not my first choice either. Wanna, yeah. uh, but uh, I do remember it from a historical standpoint. It's of interest to me. Dan, do you have something in your past like this that you don't want to? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or- my eating people's phase yeah no I, yeah i don't know just i it, you know there's certain things that are just it, it, it I, I know i'm gonna watch it and just gonna you know this is gross and yes you know. yeah i agree with you except what i when i say of a historical i love these documentaries because what they do for me is they put me back in that time and you remember what I, i'm reminded of you know what was going on in the world and you know what did car i know this sounds stupid but what did cars look like and what was the news of the day while all this was going on yeah, I mean, I don't need to the gory details of his existence, but mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, uh, I'll take another run at it tonight. Mm-hmm. I think we've I think we've learned as a society if you've got a young son, because it's mostly you know, no offense to women, but you know, serial killers tend to be men. Not to be discriminating, it's equal opportunity. But uh, if you've got a young son that's dissecting roadkill. And that, I mean, we think we all know now it's a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a red flag. What's your kid do That's on the weekends? I, he dissected a, a ferret. Oh, did he? All on his own. <laughs> yeah. Did he now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Some people are wired differently, are they not? 
Look at that. Again, not that it's anywhere. Well, I don't know. Look at that story in Innisfil Beach. The two Simcoe cops that were shot dead yesterday. Yeah. They just go to a house. This 23-year-old lives with his grandparents. They walk in and he literally ambushes them. And it's just such a tragic story. One cop, 33, the other one, 54, dead, on the scene, immediately. You think in a community like that, that could never happen. Well, we're quickly learning it can. But 23 years old, what, what goes on in that brain that it comes to that? It's frightening, isn't it? You That's just like never the, know. Isn't that, someone was mentioning it yesterday as well. That's the fourth policeman. Yeah. Killed in this province in the last uh, month or so. Mm-hmm. Although one was killed in a head-on collision with a drunk driver. So it wasn't like, and to take nothing away from it, but he like wasn't murdered, you know. I mean, that's why, that's why, you know, say what you want about the authoritarianism of uh, the police state but i don't i i'd look at it the other way think about that 34 or 30 and 54 year old you know they got up yesterday morning or whenever they got up and you know who who wants that job like that that you know that anytime you walk into a situation yeah some idiot could be waiting to shoot you for no reason other than that you're a police person they were talking to another kid up there who just joined the force, and he said he wanted, always wanted to be a police officer, but thought he would rather go to a rural area mm. where it wasn't so crazy like like Toronto has become or Peel. And he goes there, and almost immediately, some of uh, two of his brothers die. Sad story. And this guy's living, like, apparently with his grandparents, some kind of a domestic. Like, who like who lives with their grandparents and gets in a big fight with them, and then it ends up that way? Like, what's the lead up to that? Like, do they have some, some inkling that this guy's not right? When I heard some of that stuff, I just couldn't, I just only had questions about what, what, well, I mean, yeah, like, why did it happen? Like, well, how did it happen? Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh. It's one of those things that you're just, mm-hmm. you shake your head and go, there's mm-hmm. just no, there's no satisfactory answer to it. We'll never find out, I mean, the guy, why he did it. And again, not to equate it to the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. It's just, you know, there's brains out there that just ain't working right. No. Obviously. That's right. I, I've said this to you before. There's a lot of units being produced on this planet. Not, you know, <laughs> they can't all be, you know, they can't all come out of the oven, you know. With all yeah. their wiring in place. We've been slipping with our quality control. <laughs> Absolutely we have. <laughs> you know, I mean, that line in uh, I Don't Like Mondays, the silicon chip inside her head switched to overload. Who knows what happens to this kid? He's having a fight with his grandparents and somehow yeah. goes from some elevated argument to the police show up and shoots them. And the not throws you- stuff at them, not punches them. No. In the impression you get, there wasn't like any negotiation or anything. They walked in and bang. Anyway, sad, sad story. I look at that young guy, 33 years old, you know, probably nice, proud looking kid, probably happy to be a cop, had a job and profession and bang. Now, what his parents are going through today. And for what? Because, uh... Well, and your point about it, was there ever any inkling? 
mm-hmm. I'm sure people knew or people in the family like, oh, you, you know, think. buddy's a bit unstable. He's living with the grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are people in that in that family that are horrified by it, by it but are, are a few of them not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, we've got a few minutes to hear because my uh, brother Edmonton Steve is he takes a shift babysitting his grandsons. So, uh, and uh, it was interesting. You asked me um, when we started talking this morning before the show if uh, I'd heard from Stephen. And actually, he called me yesterday to uh, comment on these uh, the new Alberta Premier, Danielle Smith, and the fact that she believes the unvaccinated are the most discriminated against in the entire time that she's been alive. And uh, Stephen... Edmonton Steve, actually, uh, I don't know if I would, it's not fair to say he knows her, but Stevens met her in another life when Danielle was, I think, a radio, Stephen, was she a radio host or a television host? Just like you guys, she was on, she were, she was a talk show host on Ched, and uh, she was based in Calgary, but oftentimes uh, the Calgary show was on Edmonton, so I I, I not only heard her, but I was doing some work uh, with my pharmaceutical buddies, and I actually ended up on the show with Danielle. And I have to tell you, uh, just like talking to you guys now, you know, the hosts facilitate the guests, right? Just like you guys do, make it easier for me, and you ask me all the right questions. She was excellent. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I was talking about uh, a, a, a TV show I was developing, and. She was interested. She, um, she. I, I was nervous, like I am now, and she helped me, you know, draw out some of the stuff I was talking about. And I, honestly, as a talk show person, she couldn't have been better. So that was my sort of uh, interaction with Danielle, and I've heard p- other people say that. Uh, but now that she's our premier, um, you know, there's an interesting vibe running through the province because there's a sense of hope. Uh, by some folks in the province, and there's a sense of fear by the rest of us. Um, what you said about her, that's interesting, because Rush Limbaugh was a fabulous, fabulous broadcaster. Yeah, great broadcaster. Yeah. He was just an evil bastard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I said to Stephen, you know, Dan, when you and I lived in Calgary, I, I said the fact that she was a radio or media personality isn't unprecedented in that province when Dan and I were there. Uh, Ralph Klein had just become, I think, the mayor of Calgary. Yeah. And, and everyone in the city knew that he loved his... Uh, he, go to, he used to go to this place on Fridays and drink. And then I, I think that... But I was more surprised he got to premier based on what a... You know, sort of a good old boy he was. When you say people are hopeful and fearful, um, are they hopeful because she's not Jason Kenney? Is that, was the, is that where the hope came from? Yeah. I mean... Uh She's definitely not Jason Kennedy, and everybody's happy to see him uh, move on. Um, but she's, uh, you know, she could be another level down from Jason. I mean, she's, I don't know. I mean, she wants to talk tough with Ottawa. That vibe seems to be getting traction. And uh, so good honor for that. But, you know, she, you know, in a, like in her first day on the job, she said some incredibly stupid things. You know, you guys heard about what she said about the notion of being dis- the most discriminated group. Yeah, of course. Um, the other thing she did actually was quite interesting. The, she fired our, our health 
person, Dina Hinshaw. She she was the head of Alberta Health. And Dina Hinshaw kind of took us through the the whole pandemic, just like everyone, her, her counterparts did in every one of the provinces. You guys had somebody in in uh, Ontario, et cetera, et cetera. And it was interesting because my thought was, well, this poor Dina Hinshaw, you know, she worked so hard throughout the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. And now she's getting fired. But it was interesting because I talked to my wife about this last night and uh, my wife said, you know what? She should have been fired because in the end, all she did was kowtow to uh, Kenny and just spout off whatever he wanted and so there was a sense that firing dina henshaw on the first day of work wasn't a bad thing okay. you know so like so she's running you know she's 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 got an interesting vibe in that everything she started doing it, it isn't all bad uh, but she said some very incredibly stupid things and so we'll see i mean she 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 did the turnaround on the um, the discriminated well, she, against to, to be fair I'm, I'm, I'm reading the article Steve she did a turnaround she didn't say the words I'm sorry no nobody's going to say I'm sorry well she should have most they don't say nobody says I'm sorry I, I do I say I'm sorry Fred what yeah. were you going to say yeah, you know, well and, and again help me with this so it was Jason Kenny that was this a provincial election or just a leadership change I don't know I should be on top no of it's no uh, uh, yeah it's it's simply uh, a leadership change what happened was a few months ago uh, there was a leadership vote Jason right. Kenny got yeah, yeah. a no, very small percentage he decided to uh, quit but he didn't leave the office because in the interim there was the leadership leadership race and he stayed on as premier which was actually really silly okay, okay. what is he stayed on as premier and then last week uh they had the um, the election for the uh for the for the party right. so the head of the party becomes the head of the government yeah I, okay so i get that so leading up to that was she throwing out any of those classic dog whistles that these people oh yeah yeah oh. and not only that all of the other like there was about six uh people running for the for the the job and at one point, she, the things she was saying were so stupid that um, <laughs> the other five got together and, mm-hmm. and, and denounced her as a group. <laughs> wow. Here's, I'll, let me, yeah. let me uh, read you some reaction uh, to your premier. Uh, here's somebody who says, Danielle Smith w- w- was born in 1971 at a time when apartheid still existed, <laughs> where you were fired for having a disability, being gay or contracting AIDS, where marital rape was still legal. But sure, the unvaccinated had it worse. Yeah. Um, no. See, the, the and, fundam- and all, none of those people had a choice. Vaccinated people oh. had a well, choice. And, and the thing is, yeah. and, and this is the point I was going to say to Fred, I, I, or what I wanted to make. The point I wanted to make is, is the conflation of this is there you know the unvaccinated were not discriminated against what happened to them is a little thing called consequences mm-hmm. that's a big difference discrimination consequence is not discrimination consequences if you're unvaccinated you can't come in this building we're not discriminating against you because you have a choice saying to somebody you can't come in the building because you're black or jewish or gay that's discrimination so maybe mm-hmm. somebody should point out to mm-hmm. premier danielle that that's there's a huge gulf between discrimination and consequence. And you know what that that comes back to, Howard? Freedom of choice. Those yes. people had the freedom to choose not to get a vax. Freedom. But they're, as you say, consequences. Say that to a black person. <laughs> you, know, you know, you have the choice to become a white man. If you, want. Right. You, you decide not to. You know, you Jews can choose not to rule the media empire of the world. <laughs> he says he says things like... Uh, 
that will never happen again. That vaccination stuff never, never happen again. Yeah. And I'm thinking, really? Like, how do you know? I mean, you know, COVID's still with us. It's still out there. And uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But like I say, as Howard says, we did we did elect uh, Ralph Klein. <laughs> That's right. It's a <laughs> long history in Alberta. Anyone you know, can be premier in Alberta. But, you know, the vaccina- vaccination thing may never happen again. I, You know, it may not. But only because we... <laughs> Only because we learned so much from day one to now. We had to go through that before we're at. Saying it may never happen again is one way of putting it. Saying it will never happen again is a stupid way of putting it. You know who who didn't say this will never happen again? The people in 1917. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you, some of the reaction to her, Stephen, I was going to send you a couple of these, but, you know, especially in Western Canada, especially around the truth and reconciliation, especially around the genocide of uh, indigenous children, she would, uh, what she She's got out of this is us talking about her because until I saw this story and you called me yesterday, I had no idea who she was. Well, we do now. And Freddie, maybe that's part of uh, this. Maybe that's part of it as an agenda. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's what I said to Howard earlier. Uh, There's one thing to speak to your base and fuel up, fire up your base. But what she said was just so unbelievably stupid and not thought out to think she wouldn't get this reaction. But again, she's probably got, you know, a legion of good old boys just thinking, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, the, my so favorite. She's, uh, Go ahead. She, she, you know, she's, one of the things she's doing right now is that she, ha- she doesn't have a seat in the House. Of the, of the six people or so that ran for this position, the other five are actually MLAs in the House of uh, Legislature. Uh, she doesn't have one. So now she's got to get a seat. So n- what's happening is she's now running. Uh, she's chosen a rural riding to run in because she says she wants to uh, show her support for the rural part of the province. Uh, but there's a, a ri- and, and in the riding she's chosen, there's no doubt she'll she'll win her seat. But there's a, another riding that's been vacant for months and months and months and months. Uh, but it's a riding that it's pretty. Uh, it's it's a, it's a big, big possibility the NDP will win. She won't call that election, even though now she's calling the election in her in her writing. This other writing, she's still leaving vacant because she can. And that's what happens in politics these days. They use the rules yeah, to the course. end. While the election is in 23, that's when our, I guess, the next uh, chance at Alberta will actually go to the so polls. Yeah, it's at yeah. May, May uh, 20, it's right. in May, uh, 2023. Here's uh, another quote. I don't know if a lot of people saw this. She said, I, I'm a little sleepy. I woke up this morning and went death con three on the unvaccinated. There's a little Kanye joke there for you guys. Uh, on your first day, I don't know if you saw this, Howard. On just, your first I know day, you guys uh, thought that was real, but that's because I've got great comic timing. <laughs> Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, if you keep looking, if you guys keep looking, you're the the picture, the tweet that she that she tweeted a picture on her first day of work, and it was a picture of her bare legs. Okay. All right. Well, you know. Hmm. My uh, how how old is she? I would say late 40s. Milf? Milf? milf. Steven? Milf? Okay. I'm sorry. Dan Duran wanted to wait. Dan Duran from Didsbury, Alberta. And the writing. Dan Duran (laughs) from uh, St. Where else did you live? St. something? 
St. No, Albert's. Uh, Didsbury and, uh, yeah, St. Albert. St. Albert. Okay, Dan Duran yeah. from Didsbury, yeah. St. Albert Milk Riding. Milk River. And <clears throat> my, my, uh, my brother is still living in Alberta. Ah, mine too. Hey. Uh, <laughs> And said, uh, hey, you got a new provincial leader. I texted him and said, and she, uh, she seems very special. And, and Tom, who is a conservative, said, a real prize living up to her past will flip-flop on anything, has no filter on her output. We'll see if she makes it to the next election. You'd think the, uh, the party would have a better advisory team. Yeah. I don't know how they could have filtered That's her it. out, but yeah. That's you know, when I said this, all like Pierre Poliev and a lot of these, and like this woman, it's it. As a conservative, and I still consider myself, it gives conservatism a bad name. It's not what I bought into. You know what I mean? They've taken that brand and moved it way over there. So people like me are like, I don't know if I can still be part of this team. It's bizarre. And they really think there's enough people over there to put them over the top. Hopefully. I mean, she, she could be the best thing for the, the in, in, in the in Alberta. We call the NDP the spendp, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're, you know the, the elections in in May, and you never know. Rachel Notley could come out of this, uh, you know, with another uh, majority government. You Maybe. Know. Well, listen, man. It's the most bizarre thing ever, NDP in Alberta. It just, I could never compute that. But No, no, no. It's only because that's what you think because you're 5,000 miles yeah. east of here. Okay. Cause, cause, well, I mean, look at Edmonton. Edmonton is an NDP hot. And, and, and don't forget that Saskatchewan, part of Western Canada, was the first province yeah. in Canada to elect an NDP government. It's mm-hmm. not. I mean, and all those people moved to Alberta. So well, I was going to say, you know, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, whatever, there's a. a history of community sharing and you know the co-op was uh started out there steven i, I know you've got to get the to the grandkids and i i uh i did get a response from uh your son i, I wanted to bring this up because fred's daughter just turned 40 like a couple weeks uh, uh, like a month ago right or something mm-hmm. and um but and I, and I was speaking with ex-wife randy and we're going to france in a month uh, a week i should say so that's why and i said oh by the way simon glassman I talked to her yesterday. I said, Simon is turning 39. And her yeah. reaction was like my reaction when you told me Mel was turning 40. She was like, what? How? You know, Randy, how is that possible? And I, uh, it is crazy to me that your, your sir, I always think of Simon as the young one. And then mm-hmm. it, it gets me all verklempt. I can tell you that, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like 39. I mean, how I'm, I'm what? 75. You're a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me well that's it right because that that's part of that that was part of my thought process that oh, mel's 40 but if she's 40 what am i yeah and she's 50 but, but you know what i went and visited my auntie uh, auntie ruby a couple weeks ago and uh uh thanks for not talking about my food poisoning on here i didn't by the way we've never talked about that i I did not bring your name into it, and this fellow Dan kind of almost did, you know. But that's yeah. Right. But I, by the way, just, by the way, for the record, I edited that you out. Had food poisoning at one point it, in well, your life, exactly. But I, you know, I went after the show and I cut him out saying that, so there was no official nice. record. Okay. Anyway, Auntie Ruby, Auntie Ruby's ninety-seven, and I mean, we chatted with her for three days. She got food poisoning too, by the way, and so 
she was so articulate. I, I mean, I should, Howard, I should send you a, a clip. I, I, I recorded her on video for about five minutes. And you just wouldn't believe how articulate and how sharp she is at 97. If I was, if I'm that sharp, by the time I turn 67, I'll be happy. <laughs> okay. Where Where does she live? Winnipeg. She, Winnipeg. Yeah, she's in Winnipeg. At, and she just moved into a home in August, which is why we went out there. Just to sort of, like, she wasn't very happy. Nobody's happy when they move into a home. And so we just went out to cheer up for a weekend and... Uh, she was very appreciative, but oh, yeah, you should she, let her move in with you, Steve. Come on. Uh, well, you know what? It's not a bad idea, and I'll t- I'll take it up with the rest of the people in the house. Too. <laughs> yeah, man, I, that's exactly what you, you should be doing. You're already, oh, you're already, you're already the best uh, of the best. Um, listen, thank you hey, very much. Lots of room there at nine fifty six, Howard. You should. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering why you didn't. Yeah, you don't got, even call Auntie Ruby. Oh, Come right. on, you know what? He doesn't. I'm gonna call. No. All right. No, he's afraid to. I am. I'm I, mean, afraid. Actually, I think last time David called her, she gave him shit. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's why. Uh, all right. Oh, that's great. Well, anyway, uh, thanks, guys. I, I don't know if you, you couldn't hear the music. I started with a Gordon Lightfoot song about Alberta called Alberta Bound. This is another song that has Alberta in uh, Four Strong Winds. And uh, thanks, my friend. Appreciate you popping in. Uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy your time with the grandkids. I want to remind you guys, you got the best podcast in the universe. And I, I thank you. Care. And uh, okay, I sent a note care. to your son, and he sent me a note back. And tell him Uh-oh. if you're talking to him, tell him I have this idea. What I'm going to do at Yuck Yucks Friday night in between the showcase for JFL is I'm just going to play bits of Simon in between the acts. Oh, perfect. Thank you. I'm going to say that kid's okay, but wait till you hear my nephew. Uh, all right, everyone. There's, there's Edmonton day, Steve, guys. everybody. Edmonton Steve coming in for the pre-show. Oh, yeah, we haven't started the show yet. Really. No, this, this is not even the show. I was, was going to go start doing my news research. but All right. Well, do you mind? Uh, let's, let's start the show and then I'll get going. Oh, huh? oh okay. And then when you come back, I want you to tell the story about... You know, dropping dropping the kid off. Because when you, I'll tell you right now, folks, like I say, folks, uh, when Dan was telling me the story, I don't know what time it was last night, 730 or so, we were talking to one another and you choked up and I choked up. There's a lot of choking going on. Choking. Mm -hmm. Choking. A lot of choking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, there was lots of joking. Hey, I, sorry, you don't like Annie Ruby, by the way? I, okay? I do. I like it. You know, I'm. Why don't you call her? I, yeah. I don't know. Why wouldn't you? This is the odd time, like once a month. Hey, Aunt. Auntie Ruby, how you She's doing? She's my uh, father's. Uh, I'm going to do that today. She's my father's sister. Hmm. And Stephen goes and visits, visits her, and I don't even call her. No, it's no good. You're right. It's terrible. Yeah, well, you, you're you're a big believer in contacting people and your friends, and you're always checking yeah. in with me when something's going on. And what's the deal with her? Did she do something to you? No, I, I just I, some, I'm just. It's been so long since I've done it. I feel weird if I call. Oh, I like, see. It's beyond the threshold. Well, I way I am, you know, way beyond the threshold. So I'm next worried. week. We should. Well, we're looking forward next week to hear all about what, whatever Andy Ruby wanted. <laughs> Andy to say. Ruby. How she. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do for show content? I will call her. <laughs> God, peer get her on the show. You know, you know. Here's the funny thing. We're all in our sixties, but the peer pressure on this show is debilitating. <laughs> it's just so much pressure. All right. 
Uh, you want to start the show, Fred, or do you have any other pre-show? No, that's fine. I'm just saying, uh, Steve says uh, Auntie Ruby is sharp as a tack, so it's not like you won't have a nice conversation. Well, I thought you were saying we should get her on the show. Nope. Maybe she well, could Maybe she could fill that in. That would be gold. It would just be the getting her actually in front of a Zoom. Maybe next week when Dan's gone, gone away, maybe she could fill in. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the intro and extra of the show. Yeah. Oh, here is a Auntie Ruby. She's a Ruby man. Auntie Ruby cannot stand. The voice is very high. All right, Dan, here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, beautiful Brampton, and from fantastic Peterborough. Mm. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who won't ever let the news of the day affect their mood, except for Putin, Trump, climate change, American politics, Canadian politics, live golf, and the Leafs. It's the very cheerful Humble and Fred. Got all that right, too. Don't go away. Uh, we're going to read just a couple of your emails today. Uh, Dan's uh, got the news and, uh, of course, this heart-wrenching story about dropping off his firstborn. Dan, Fred, yeah. do you guys ever... I don't even know what these things are called. But I... Um, a while ago, maybe like a month ago, I bit the inside of my cheek. I was eating too fast, as I do. I know. I was aggressively eating. And I bit the inside of my cheek, and uh, I keep rebiting it. Right. And now it's almost like I'm growing another tongue on the inside of my cheek. Like, like you know how? Yeah, you literally uh, shred the inside of your. Uh, yeah. Often, but yeah. so this has gone from that shredding to now it seems to be growing a spare tongue. <laughs> you know, kind of a little canker or something that's you know that's... Uh, it's not a canker it's like i wish i could it feels like a like a little like a it feels quite oh uh, yeah like thank you skin tag it feels like an internal mouth polyp but that it also feels like i have a tongue on this side of my cheek because i ate tongues too fat. in that mouth too bad you don't have a girlfriend right no, <laughs> can you imagine the magic that you could <laughs> You need a cheek guard then. I so, do. I know, do. I need a cheek guard. Speaking of eating, I was thinking of you two last night because our final uh, men's uh, golf day was yesterday and we had this big sort of banquet after. And instead of serving us, they had kind of that marche style, you know, stations of food, right. which I liked. And they had brisket and they had this uh, super smoked chicken and they had a pasta station. But before that got set up, they had an oyster station again. And, of course, oh. I go through my whole thing about, oh, oh, you have oysters. Isn't that interesting? And I must have had, uh, okay, I'll put a number on it, 25 oysters, easily. I went back three or four times and had three or four or five oysters at a time. And the other station they had was a sushi station. Mm. So you bounce it back and forth between the two stations? It was crazy. I... I, I I don't know about you two, but I ate so much last night that one of my shoulders hurt when I came home. <laughs> like forever. Like I up here. All the time. Up in here in my traps. <laughs> I have that I have that same thing. If I eat overeat, my shoulder hurts. It's weird. It is weird. What is that? I don't know, but it was almost like I was so full that it was coming out of one of my muscles. Because it's funny, I've said that to a couple of people and they go, What? How can that be? You what? But it does. I, I'm. That's when I know I've eaten too much. I sort of. It's like, oh yeah. 
like a pressure point or something. Exactly. By the time I got to the brisket, which I ate, I'd already eaten what I would normally eat if I were to have a few oysters and an order of sushi. If we were going to go out for sushi, I ate that much sushi before we got to the brisket, the chicken, and all that stuff. And so I was just eating this brisket. (laughs) I was, And then I had cake, because they had cake. Oh, what kind of cake? Oh, great question. I had a little cheesecake and I had some carrot cake, but just thin slices. But still, I had that with a cup of tea. Oh. <laughs> you ever had doll? I knew you, you ever loved had doll's that. carrot cake. Uh, I think I have. But I can't oh, remember it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think I have. She makes a fabulous carrot cake, especially with the icing. It's not too sweet, and it just complements the moist carrot cake that she. Uh, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the second time in about three weeks that I've had occasion to have this oyster station thing and uh right yeah it's a lot of oysters i can pack away i took johnny slapshot talking of sushi i took johnny slapshot to his uh hockey practice yesterday afternoon it was earlier so i took him and uh, when i came home melanie had bought um sushi at the super center like the in the bubble pack yeah, you know so. like in a grocery store yeah. it was surprisingly good it is pretty good it really was, because I thought, you know, you always think it's a step down because it's out of the grocery store. But as she explained, she, she got it just as the woman was making it. Mm-hmm. And that makes all the difference, because often it'll sit there maybe all day or into the next day. And maybe that changes the the texture and the flavor. But it was outstanding, actually. I didn't have a lot because, uh, you know, it was their dinner, not mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Dan, you've been here. I, I'm sure I've given you or we've tasted Farm Boy's sushi. It's pretty good. Like, it's yeah. not as good as the sushi I had last night, which from a restaurant in Oakville called Mize, which is a great little sushi place, but it's decent, you know? Um, yeah, it's in the category of okay sushi. Uh, and you know, <laughs> it is okay go. sushi. <laughs> no, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. You don't want to go below three when the rice starts to dry out and stuff. And, and, and what you you're talking about, Fred, is when yeah. it's when it has sat there all day, It does the yeah. what happens is the, uh, the fish starts to... Uh, I don't know. There's like a oxidize a little yeah. bit. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, there you go. So I've got a, a second tongue and I ate a lot of food and my shoulder hurt. So now you're up to date. Um, Daniel, <clears throat> yep. thank you for your service. And we will right. uh, we'll check in with yeah, I'll you. Be gathering news bit. gathering. Right yeah, now. please. Off you go yeah, to gather right. some news. <laughs> and uh, Freddie, in the meantime, let's not get too. I've seen this place let's not get too far behind before we start to, to acknowledge oh, all the fine folks that will bring a program like this to life. Like the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Inve- Canadian Investors Protection uh, Fund. Tim on the show yesterday. Again, you know, Mr. Positive, and it's true. You know, the the stock market, it's been a challenge lately. But, you know, he pointed out there's some great bargains available uh, right now. So if one is astute and one has the right guy, there is opportunity in a downturn. Figure it out. It's just part of what you'll get from the retirement Sherpa. Uh, he is licensed on both sides of the border. And so anyone on the other side of the border who's thinking, geez, that guy sounds great. I wish I could use him. Well, you can. Contact Tim Niblett at retirementsherpa.ca. Right on, man. And uh, I know you're going to be uh, getting into the details of this a little bit later, but I would like to also... Uh, just offer this up to folks if they're thinking about uh, their favorite sports teams this weekend. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. <sighs> 
you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. I'm not sure if Dan's going to have this story or you're... You were intending to bring it up, but uh, just just really briefly, that tit Alex Jones ordered to pay uh, $960 million to the families of the Sandy Hook, the parents, you know, for years Mm -hmm. that he was saying the whole thing was a hoax. And he was literally live streaming or comment doing his show. Yeah, saw it. While the verdict was being handed down, and he was saying that he's not going to pay, they'll never get the money, and then in the second breath, he started fundraising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his spin was, for a few hundred thousand dollars, I can keep this in the courts for at least two years to help me out. So, again, there's that word again, simpletons. How many people probably picked up the phone and... yeah. Those weird conspiracy theorists, and he's mo- sitting there with a smirk on his face, mocking it. Oh, what those people went through, and you just want to again punch him in the face and punch him again, right in the face. That's that's. No, I I get it. You know, it's hard not to want to punch a guy like that in the face while he's smirking through this. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and look it up, everyone. It's pretty disgusting. From so many aspects, not the least of which are those parents were basically told that their children who were mowed down by more fucking mass shootings in that stupid country didn't happen. And there's Alex Jones. Like, what, what does he get? Well, how does he get to sleep last night knowing that's his vibe, you know? Well, again, he's just a... It's, again, it gets back to how these people are wired. You know, I mentioned Rush Limbaugh, but he, obviously he wasn't to this level. Like Alex Jones... You know, on some levels, you got to say what he's built and what he's got from it is actually brilliant. But the problem is the foundation and the whole root of it is just evil. And he can live with that. But he comes up with this evil plan and executes it perfectly when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's same with Limbaugh. It was, you know, you just get on that train and you ride it and you just don't care. You just don't care what it does to other people or what it means to other people or how it hurts other people. So if it, and Limbaugh, as you say, and we've said this before, I, I used to listen to him when he was on, you know, when that Buffalo station, this is back in the early days of our, yeah. I thought he was brilliant. I remember telling you, this guy's like doing a, he's doing a talk show, but it sounds like a morning show to me. So mm-hmm. if, if Limbaugh starts this thing and then it becomes Alex Jones, what, what's next? Like, you know, who's the ne- what's the next iteration of Alex Jones going to be? I don't know. It's just what's just an evil, evil, evil person. And uh, yeah, how does he live with himself? How does he sleep at night? Yeah. How does he look his kids in the face? On and on and on. Um, anyway, I didn't want to get into it too much other than to say it, was, it happened and go look it up and it's quite disgusting. And I don't know how the minutia of it all is. He's going to have to pay something or he's declared bankruptcy, but he's still being there's still another civil mm-hmm. uh, civil litigation being brought against the guy. So maybe at some point, you know, he'll be put out of business. In the meantime, we certainly appreciate you Hi getting guys. a hold of us. You know, you can also, there's people commenting, 
And if you don't want to send us a note to our email, you can also just send us. I just looked and there's some messages on Facebook, and and sometimes we we just forget to go and look them up. But in the meantime, let's uh, begin with this, Frederick. Hi guys, Jeff Hi Newman. Guys. Uh, as you guys seem to, I also love when you revert back to shit jokes like mm-hmm. earlier today. He's talking of yesterday, of course, when talking about shitting yourself and using leaves or other things made me laugh. It was probably 30 years ago, and I went to uh, Kerncliffe Park to watch The Tragically Hip, not thinking we would spend the night, so I brought nothing with me. After the show, I had to use the porta potty bad and went in with jeans and a T-shirt on, came out with just jeans on. (laughs) Not able to drive home. The rest of the night was spent wandering, wandering around, uh, fucking shirtless, uh, looking like a Lugan. Anyways, I know many can relate to your humor, so please keep it up. So this buddy boy uh, wiped his arse with his T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, that. <laughs> <sighs> That's funny. He didn't like the T-shirt. Although he could, if he liked the T-shirt, he could have buried it somewhere, went back the next day, got it and taken, took it home and washed it or something. Yes. Yes, that wouldn't. Although maybe it went right in the porta potty. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> excuse me, that wouldn't seem crazy at all. No, not if you like the shirt. No, maybe exactly. Maybe the hip shirt. Maybe his favorite hip shirt. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> if it was his favorite, then he sacrificed it for the greater good. Hi anyway, guys. thank you very much for Hi your uh, notes. Hi, guys. We certainly appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have you ever Howard used of the day? Yes. Yeah, I have never. I had, had one. Did you? I had one oh, on right Meadowood in Mississauga. Right. But I have a yeah. thing now. We've talked about this. Charlie right. bought it for me. It's called a tushy. Mm-hmm. And I use it uh, quite regularly. And it's, uh, you know, it's very modern. It's very, it cleans that area. Okay. And just because I forget, I forget things. Is that actually hooked to the toilet? Or yes. is this a separate thing where you grab a wand? No, no, no. It's uh, Dan, Dan and I. Dan was there uh, supervising oh. my install. But he wouldn't touch anything around the toilet because he's mindful of uh, germs but yeah he watched me install it and basically it's just it hooks up to your tank and there's a little uh almost it's like a a volume a nozzle but the nozzle isn't it it, as you when you hit the so next to the toilet there's a little circular nozzle or uh you know no what's faucet type thing no it's a a little thing you turn so you turn this so imagine turning a little mini puck and you turn it to and so once you turn it the water sprays into your hoop oh and then you can control yeah okay yeah and you can control the flow of the water around your tushy Mm. and i can tell you when i'm in between showers if i have to go and use the facilities i will use that to make sure that that area is clean and uh you know not this free. Is single man, you always have to be on the ready. <laughs> That's right. I never know when someone's going to be licking the rim. So is that uh, is that your? Th- <laughs> is that? Is that well, That's not exactly what I meant. Oh, isn't it? Mm. All right. Here's uh, another one from Leanne Carruthers, and uh, her uh, subject line: "Dan made me cry." Me too. She says, hi, guys. Listen to today's show. I guess this was the other day when Dan was uh, talking about the move. Dan got me choked up and tearing up. We moved our son to Ottawa in June for his dream job. 
It was not easy on us, but seeing him succeed is just the best. Now my daughter is prepping to fly the coop to T.O. We're in Hamilton, so that pill is a little easier to swallow, she says. But she landed herself a good job, too. As parents... We raise them well and pray to whoever you want to, she says in brackets, that they're healthy and happy. Well done to you, Dan. You're well. I'm sorry. Well done to Dan. You done good, dad. Cheers. That salutation. Cheers, says Leanne Carruthers. And I will tell you all those things are true. You know better than I what a great kid that Colton turned out to be. Oh, very special kid. Love him. Absolutely. Just a pleasure to be around. Very interesting kid. Yes. You know, I haven't had uh, the amount of time, but the time that I have spent uh, going up to stay with them for a couple of days and just sitting there listening to him and his his take on the world is so Mm -hmm. mature and yet interesting and thoughtful and unique. And he's not like a lot of other 19-year-olds that I've been around. And one of the things I noticed about him, like there's no entitlement whatsoever with that kid because he lived up at the park all summer long, like for five months and worked across the street at a hotel and did a lot of things over there. Never, ever did I hear him complain or shit talk. Bitch about his boss. Yeah, I know. Never, ever. Anybody he worked with, and I, we went over for uh, dinner there uh, one night, and the waitress, we were talking to her, and one thing led to another, and Colton's name come up, and she worked with him, and how she talked about him, it just did not surprise me. I thought, yeah, they probably love him over here. Yeah. Just that type of kid, willing to help, willing to do anything, always no complaints. But yeah, they did a wonderful job, he and Jackie. Yeah. No, about it yeah very very good and uh yeah that's one thing you do notice about him that he doesn't have um well two things you said he doesn't have that sort of entitlement vibe and i'll be honest with you my kids have a little bit of that for sure you know they're very good and happy and proud and all that stuff but there's definitely you know they've i don't know if, but yeah that he doesn't have that streak and um yeah and he doesn't he's not your typical oh this boss sucks and these people are stupid and Mm-hmm. No, never heard that. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Leanne. And now our last one, uh, because we're going to move on. This was from a guy that has been uh, emailing us and, and texting us for many, many years. Keith Wyland. Yeah, just a suggestion. An Ask Dan segment on the show every once in a while. Listeners email in questions to Ask Dan, and he answers them live in the air. It could be about home improvement tips. His favorite bands, his favorite radio moments, etc. He's a fascinating, interesting dude. And it's always hilarious when you guys goof on him for his idiosyncrasies. Strange taste in music. And, of course, the baby arm uh, holding an apple between his legs. (laughs) (laughs) This may or may not have uh, come to me after partaking some herbal medicine. Anyway, thought it would be interesting. If not, as you were, best. Keith. Yeah, Keith's a good man. He texts me. He sends me messages on uh, the Instagram sometimes. And I don't go there very often, but he's often sends uh, some good stuff. And uh, Keith has always appreciated uh, your participation in our program. All right. Mm hmm. Hang on a second here.
This program is being brought to you today by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over a quarter century, servicing over 20 million customers around the planet. You've got a great idea for a small business or a side hustle? Maybe it's something you've been uh, dreaming about for a while. Maybe an online store you've been waiting to finally launch. Now's the best time. Get it online. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring it to life. GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support. They're here to help you every step of the way. You can start your website for free with GoDaddy. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Hey, the Thursday night NFL game uh, is a real dog tonight. It's the uh, Commanders from Washington against the Chicago Bears. A complete toss-up. I mean, they're they're both bad football teams, so it's a toss-up. Enjoy yourself. Of course, you can switch over to another channel and watch the Maple Leafs home opener against the Washington Capitals. Uh, where the Maple Leafs are minus 195, a puck and a half favorite to beat the Washington Capitals. They're great. See you in April. Uh, whether, <laughs> whether you're a sports right. better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. Yeah, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since the year 1994. Mm. Uh, I was sitting at a table last night with a bunch of great guys. One of them was a former uh, fire captain and uh, just a nice, nice man named Dave. And Dave had his leaf... I'm not sure if it was, I guess, of a little leaf jacket on. And he was telling... This was sort of in the early evening. He's like, I gotta get out of here. I'm taping the leaf game. And I said, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I said, Dave. Because I know he loves his leafers. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, it's you're going to watch all 82 games. And it, and he was stoked to go home to watch it. And I started telling him about your sort of late life. Uh, I don't even know what, what we would call it. Like, uh, you're just over it. And I said, that's what I said. Freddie's whole mantra is, you know, see you in April. You know, doesn't get exciting until they get out of the first round. And he, by the mm-hmm. way. He's not a cultist. Like, he admits that that's definitely, you know, part of the mm-hmm. issue with the team. And they were talking, he was talking about the goaltenders and, and the defense anyway. But I said that to him, I said, I love the fact that you're going to, you get all excited for all 82 games. Mm-hmm. So good. Every, on the, the evening of the Leafs first game of the season, every year I get this from neighbor John, this type of thing. And I, I got to believe it's tongue in cheek. Like last night, he wrote me, I have a really, really, really good feeling about the team this year. Pretty sure it's Stanley Cup time. If the, Leafs, if the Leafs win tonight, it's all over, baby. Lord Stanley time. Can't wait for the parade. <laughs> yeah. And he always sends me that. And then I said, OK, sure. On a more realistic note, and then I wound up, went on to something else. Yeah, that's uh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like if that if that gives the uh, the fans excitement, if that's fun for Dave, the fire captain, uh, retired, uh, good for him, good for everybody. Yeah, yeah, they're just not built right. Like I can see it. Like like you just look at the you look at the teams that win the Stanley Cups and how they do it and how their rosters are built. The Leafs aren't. You can, even that 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 lineup they iced last night cannot win four playoff rounds. Sorry. 
can't be done. So I know that right now, unless there's some dramatic change or at the trade deadline, they come up with miracles. He's put that team together incorrectly, built wrong. So okay, let's a, yeah, let's have a wonderful regular season. Oh, it'll be like going to Wonderland. <laughs> and then, yeah. All right. Okay, I get it. Um, but it, it does provide entertainment and joy. To some. To, to many, actually. Oh, millions. Millions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for many years, uh, you and I worked at a radio station called Edge 102. I'm not sure if you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our staple bands was a, a little group called uh, Blink 182. Remember them, Freddie? Mm-hmm. Danny loved Blink 182 during his high school years. He had the posters up in his uh, room and... All the small things. Wasn't that one of their big hits? It's right here, friend. Right on. Down. Yeah, we would have played this uh, every other morning on our show. All the small things. And the reason I know that is because it's two minutes and 28 seconds long, and all we, we really loved short songs. Right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I guess uh, they're reuniting. They, uh, you may or may not have heard that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are they reuniting or are they just going back out on the road? I don't know. One of those things. I don't know. But they're back in the news, Fred. And they've got, as uh, you would expect from a band like Blink-182, smart, funny guys, that their sort of uh, campaign promoting their tour is also unique. Uh, this is from the Blink-182 official Twitter account. And it's a uh, funny little 60-second uh, video. I'm going to play you the audio. I think you'll find that amusing. If I'm being totally honest, I cannot stop thinking about them coming. I've tried hundreds of different ways to make them come. Every night, I pray for them to come. My husband and I would love to watch them come. If they come, I'm getting hammered. We would do anything to make them come. That's right, honey. Anything. If they come, I'm going to explode. Could you imagine all three of them coming? That'd be sick. They're gonna come. I better start stretching. Wait until I tell my grandkids they're coming. Oh, they're gonna come, guys! They're gonna come. They're gonna come. They're coming. They're finally coming. I ain't that cool, a little fuck in the head. They'll be hanging me quick when I'm back dead. <laughs> you should look the video up because of all the different characters in the video. There's this an old granny. I'm gonna tell my grandchildren they're coming. <laughs> It's just, uh, I've watched that a couple times. It makes me laugh. And their new song, Edging, is uh, coming out uh, soon, I guess. But uh, Edging? Yes. <laughs> I know. Uh, remember this song? Wow. Another great Blink-182 song. It's What's My Age Again? Yeah. Uh, another uh, two-minute and 27-second song. It was a Friday night, I woke alone to get the feeling right. We started making out, and she took off my pants, but then I turned on the TV. Do you think it would be fair to say they're like a less successful Green Day? They sort of have that vibe to them to me. Yeah. It's just when I hear that, you know, when that music was current, there was no music services. There were still just CDs. Yeah, that's a good point. Just think about that. Yeah. I and I mean the power of radio back then. If you wanted to hear Blink at 182, you bought their CDs or you listened to The Edge or a station similar to The Edge if there were any in Toronto playing Blink 182 besides The Edge. Yeah. But just think of that that power. 
and, and and how radio stations have lost that power that if you have a a favorite artist and someone you want to hear a lot it's right there in your phone right there in your hand it's almost like the last place you would go to hear a new song or a song that you'd heard heard somewhere else is the radio station you wouldn't even think of it probably now a young person like no. that wouldn't even be an option no sir uh, radio has been reduced, especially with that demographic, to just sort of a companion. You're in the car, you put it on at a convenience or whatever, or on in the background, but it's not your go-to, that's for sure. Uh, this is be a nice little segue. Speaking of radio, uh, did you and I talk about this? Because if I if I brought it up before, I apologize. That, did I tell you that TJ and I were messaging back and forth? No. The great T.J. O'Connors. Is it T.J. O'Connors or T.J. Connors? <laughs> yeah, because it was Scruff O'Connors. Yeah, he's got Scruff right. O'Connors. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, I know a guy named Tim O'Connor. Right. And I just wasn't sure. No, it's T.J. Connors. Mm-hmm. I, I was messaging him because I saw that he had posted that he's coming back to hits 97. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I said, hey, punk, you get sucked back in. Welcome home and wishing you nothing but the best. He's like, nah, nah, just voice tracking from Winnipeg. And, uh, and I said, wow, you're fancy. He said, thanks, H, keeping a toe in the doorway. Because you, the last I'd heard from you about T.J. O'Connors was that he was uh, doing great in the world of real estate. Yeah, he was here for the day this summer, I guess in August. He was uh, coming through Toronto and was flying out in the evening, so we sat by the pool all day, had a few beers and some burgers, and had long conversations, and half the time he was on the phone working real estate deals. But this is a kid that's never, ever been afraid of work on any level, right? Even to the work that he put into his radio show. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised. And when I saw that, and again, a lot of people got excited, thought he was coming back to St. Catharines to do the evening show. No, he is that well thought of in the radio world that um, they've asked him, even though he departed from the business for, for a while, maybe a year or so, would you come back and do the evenings? Because he's the type of guy, even though even though it's voice tracking, he will put effort into that show. Right. He will make it interesting. You know, because you, listen, you can get anybody to voice track an evening show, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they want something, you know, of, of the next level and good on them for thinking that way. Yeah. And, and, and when I first saw the story, I thought, oh, is he going to come back and do mornings in uh, at hits? This is what we're talking about, by the way. St. Catharines is hits 97. And then that message came back to me that he's voice tracking. I didn't know it was evenings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he gave me. He sent me the number. He's not doing it for the money. Seven to eleven. No, I'm saying, but he also sort of made mm-hmm. a joke about what they're paying him. And I, so it's not money he's doing it for. He's doing it to, no. you know, to probably exercise that muscle that we exercise here. You know, you no, know, and it's a great, you know, it's great thinking. It's it's smart. Yeah, but he's smart. What have I always said about him? From the moment I met him and I hired him, he's just smart. <laughs> Well, you're going to be daddy. His daddy would be proud. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, it's funny, you know. Think about it. You you mentioned scruff, and I had brought this up a little while ago, not to start getting nostalgic again. But uh, man, there's a lot of names that we have 
I don't even know outlasted in the 32. Like, there's a couple milestones coming. And I know I'm not going to start talking about how many years we've been doing this. But, like, next Monday, tomorrow will be the 11th anniversary of the, the day we did the test. But Monday will be the 11th anniversary of us actually pumping this out Monday through Friday. 11 years. But in the 32 years since we did the very first Humble and Fred show, like, at the time, Scruff Connors, you know, was not only alive, but he was mm-hmm. a big name in this market. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, I, that's TJ's attachment to hits, too, because his dad was out there for a while as well. So it's a pretty good story. It's a pretty good story. And t- the fact that TJ went into the family business but was smart enough not to stay in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee whatever he's making in real estate, nobody's paying him to do. No one, no one is paying that in, you know, St. Catherine-sized markets anymore. You know, and again, bad timing for him because he is of a talent level that if it was ten, if he was ten years older or fifteen years older, you know, he would have been a big star and made tons of money. But when he came into his own, the industry had sort of adopted the idea that we don't really care about talent anymore, right? Yeah. Other than some people that heritage were in place. Yeah, they were sort of got the grandfathered in thing where, you know, Derringer and a few people, Maureen Holloway, were the last of the big multi-million dollar sort of contracts. But as far as taking a young talent and nurturing them and making them a star on their big radio stations, that was over. And, uh, you know, talent of his level and other kids, too, just wasn't appreciated, wasn't used. It wasn't uh, it wasn't rewarded the way it should be. Yeah. And it never will be again. Well, no, because of what we started off by saying, if you don't need a radio station Mm -hmm. for any kind of music in terms of like, oh, that new song I have to hear. Mm hmm. I mean, the only person I can think of who's left now in our market, there's Roz and Mocha, who are still making, you know, I'm sure big morning guy money. There's Stu Jeffries, who on his own is still doing great numbers at Boom 97.3. But at some point, Stu's going to want to retire. He's got to be our age somewhere or in, in our age category. You know, and after that, I don't know, man. You know, after that, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot more. You know, Howard, I had a thought the other day, and I was listening to Jerry Agar on News Talk 1010. And I was thinking, you know, talk radio is really in a bit of a pickle right now. Because when you turn on talk radio like Agar's show, and it's bitching about this and bitching about this and criticizing that and criticizing this, and this person shouldn't have done that, I thought, you know, you get enough of that 24 hours a day on social media. It's like, do I really need now to turn the radio on and hear this? And it's not just Jerry. I mean, 640 does talk. It's the same thing. It's like, what's wrong with the world today? I mean, that's what they, that's their hook, really. And then I'm thinking, wow, if there's ever been a time for a good, fun radio talk show, it would be now. Yeah. As, as relief, because most of what you see on social media, when it gets to Facebook, and a lot of it is just negative, negative, what's wrong, and my side is better than your side. And I don't need to turn a radio station on and hear that now. It's like, what about that concept? Because I can't think of one. Like a show comes on and it's like three or four hours. You know, Jim Richards. Well, I was going to say, like probably, Jim Richards yes. used to do. That was a fun take on a talk show. And what the fuck happened to him? 
Where is he? Is he? I don't even know where I, he is. I don't know. You know, but back yeah. to your point about, you know, the listening to Agar rant and rave and then waiting mm-hmm. on hold. Think about this as an antiquated yeah. point. Because, you know, I, you know I, I've told you this before. I, I, I call into PGA Tour radio all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wait there on hold, and when, every so often I get on the air and I, you know, mm-hmm. do one of their talk shows. But because of Twitter, I can—I don't need to wait on hold. I can interact with those guys mm-hmm. all the time. You know, yes. I, there's a guy I, will, I really like on golf television called Brandel Chambly. No, I would mm-hmm. never. But so in a world where I can just message him on his Twitter feed, why would I what do I need to wait on hold for this call screener to put me on for a topic mm-hmm. when I can do it all when I'm already doing it to your point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is, yeah, that, you know, the mojo model, we've said it a thousand times. That was a good little model for mm-hmm. fun talk radio. Maybe not. You couldn't say it was talk radio for guys anymore, but a fun talk radio station. Oh, it would thrive today, I really think. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 easy to say. But just from that standpoint, like, you need some fun when you turn that on. And you're not getting, even getting it with some exceptions. Like Lori Love and, you know, our buddy Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. They have a fun morning show out there, but she's, again, Heritage has been there for years. So, you know, the foundation was set and right. they can continue it. Um, but even there's not a lot of fun going on at the edge. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of fun going on at Q anymore. There's, you know, I don't know what Mora hmm. and uh, my buddy, I shouldn't have started this, uh, Tucker and, and Mora. I don't know what their, 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 their show is probably very fun. Roz and Mocha for sure. But there's zero fun on the talking stations. Like there's zero like, I mean, I know it's easy for us to say because we're sitting here ranting and raving about radio, but. There isn't quite the the show anymore. It's more just it's all kind of cut out of the same. Yeah, outrage but radio you said, like Ro- Roz and Mocha. But there's a bit of heritage there. But when they're gone, oh yeah, who's been developed? Who's going to be the new fun morning show? Like they have, they're not looking after that business, you know. And, as and far as the, who's next? The people on the edge that were, you know, I thought really good and fun. Uh, care, uh, Stu's kid, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Carly and uh, the morning guy. Mm-hmm. It's just not a priority. It's sad. But uh, yeah, let's see how um, those stations evolve. And like, even like 640, it's like, please, like, talk at the odd time I put it on. It's just depressing. It's now I'm here. Now I hear audibly somebody telling me how shitty the world is, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, do you have uh, time right now? Uh, to uh, favor us with another message from one of our fine supporters. Would appreciate yeah. that. Hold on, little girl. Yeah, man. Show me what he's done. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today. When we say small business, you heard Brett Tanner the other day, one to 100 employees. It's a great story, this Chambers plan. It really is. They've been around for 40 years, 30,000 Canadian businesses part of it. Take the time today. Find out about it. Prescriptions and dental and all sorts of therapy. There's travel insurance. They have a mental health component now, very progressive, staying ahead of the curve, offering uh, what people need nowadays more than ever. And they even have an HR component to this. Again, take the time today. Get a free quote. To go to chamberplan.ca. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> 
Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. This is going to sound strange, but uh, yesterday, uh, I just uh, I just reached a, uh, I don't know, like I was just, I can only call it a little bit of burnout. Like I was just uh, tired, and, and uh, it's been beautiful. The fall golf season has been outstanding, as I've mentioned several times. <laughs> but I actually was supposed to go up to Barrie on uh, tomorrow. With the, and play uh, with a buddy of mine up there, and I sent him a message saying, "You know, and I, I need a couple of days. I can't, I can't play anymore right now. I'm tired. My neck is sore. My back is sore. My legs are sore. So uh, yeah, little golf burnout. I think kind of the way like you've often expressed to me that at the end of the trailer season, you've had enough of going up there. I mean, it's exciting in the spring and it's amazing. And you're always opening. Oh, actually, you, here's how you said it to me." You said, uh, because I was asking you last week about closing, and you said, you know, closing is kind of a drag versus opening. It's always exciting, and you're putting your things out. New beginning, exactly. Seeing people you haven't seen in a few months. Hey, how are you? How was your winter? Yeah. You know, you have that mindset, even with the weather. I mean, a lot of it's hooked to the weather. It's like, you know, it's only going to get better from May on. That's true. Then you get to September, and it's like, it's only going to get worse. And then, you know, what happens to me around the middle of September is I start thinking, well, I can't miss a day because there's only so many days left. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've got a week. So a week from today, I sort of I think I've mentioned this enough times. Ex-wife Randy and I are going to see Lumbee. First, we're going to Paris for four days. Never been there. Traveling with my ex-wife seems to be a source of fascination to people who don't know my ex-wife and me uh i mentioned that to a couple guys recently in golf and uh they're like what because you know they're the way they think of ex-wives is you know nothing but you know the typical divorce everyone hates everyone and it's a shit show just uh it's just a fantastic story i thought you guys should write a book and call it apart but together yeah that's right because right? um, basically it's 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 really is it's great it's, it's a model of the way it should be or it can be right and, you know of course everyone's saying like so are you guys gonna stay in the same hotel room and do it i'm like well first of all we're staying in an airbnb that's got a couple of bedrooms and i have no you know plans there's no uh you know, thoughts about maybe sneaking over in the middle of the night. Hello, ex-wife Randy. Remember me? Remember this? <laughs> remember remember what we did to create these children of ours? Hmm. What would be really weird if you went out, say, to a discotheque and each picked up a person and brought them back? Yes. Room and you're, she's in the other. Can you imagine something like that? It would be sorted, but it would be interesting. That's right. There's probably a category on, you know, you porn. Ex-wives together, ex- exes together. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, the point about together this. Together but apart. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I just uh, got a couple things to do. And I just, you know, the the weather, like, it, uh, you know, if it was 25 tomorrow, I'd probably go. But I've just reached that point where kind of like, again, you know, it's like I've done it now. And I, and I want to, I'm going to take a bit of a break. And, you know, maybe in the fall. Uh, I'm planning to go to a, a warmer climb for a while. I'll be I'll be excited to golf then. But uh, I'm sure you will. But yeah, going to Paris. You've been there. I was looking at the forecast. It's going to be kind of like it is today here, like 16, 17, a little overcast, some days of rain, 
What are your yeah. impressions of that city? Did you find it easy to get around? Paris? Yeah. Oh. Champs-Élysées. Uh, Howard, it's over. It's about 20 years ago, I would think. Um, loved it. I really did. A great walking city, obviously. Did the Eiffel Tower thing, and uh, that's where the Louvre is too, right? Mm, yes. Is it not? Yeah, yes. we're going to the Louvre. Yes, went to that. Um, no, it was fantastic. Some neat little meals. Cool little place we stayed in. It had a tiny, tiny, uh, one of those uh, hotels with the tiny, tiny elevator. It was like yeah, a yeah. being pulled up and down. Uh, I think we stayed in another place that actually didn't have a uh, an elevator, but and the room was tiny, tiny, tiny. But what do you need? It's there to sleep, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing but great memories and thoughts of Paris. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We've got uh, plans every day. We've already booked some tours. We're going to go do the, the bus. We've got a couple meals booked. Uh, we're going to take the train to Lumbies. Uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I really like that. Uh, I think I told you this. You know, I took the train from London to Scotland. I've done that. And it's fascinating just seeing the countryside, how different it is. One of my favorite things in Europe last uh, year when I was there was the train ride from Venice to Florence and back. I, again, just to see how the how people live in in the country. And uh, Last, oh, whatever trip it was, um, we took it from Venice to to munich wow yeah that is cool yeah and and there's something about that you know i we we're we're both gonna fly back to paris because randy's got to get to uh she's going on the rest of her trip is going to be with her sister and uh but uh i think there's something about taking that taking a little time to see the world as it passes by in a train because i don't you know i don't take subways and i'm not on the go train very much here and Southern Ontario. So it's kind of a neat, it's it's an interesting form of Mm -hmm. transport. But, uh, and it's expensive. You know, it's not cheap to go to these places. But, uh, you know, I'm at the point now where, okay, I'm going to save all my money till I'm in my, what, mid 70s and then spend it? No, I know. Because I've been looking maybe to pop down to New York City for a couple of days uh, during that time because I haven't been there in a while want to do some walking but oh my god between the you know the exchange rate and what they want for a hotel room Mm -hmm. like what i know like who all these people who all these who can just sign off that i mean because really it's it's crazy four and five hundred dollars a night for a hotel room yeah and you think oh okay those are the luxury ones no no you know, there's what, like a you know Hilton Garden Inn in New York City. It's like four fifty nine a night. Yeah. <laughs> Did you find because you you were telling you were talking to me about yes Brooklyn? Did you find something mm-hmm. cheaper yes. in Brooklyn? Uh, yes and no. Um, there were a couple of uh, Airbnbs, and before I could show them to Delise, they were gone. Uh, but anyway, I'm still working on it. Because I, you know, taking the train in from Brooklyn is a no-brainer. I mean, in order to, you know, you could go and stay in Newark if you wanted. You know, it's just a longer train ride into the city. It's probably forty minutes into the city. Uh, yeah, but you know, for the sake of a few hundred bucks, I want to. You, you were saying in Brooklyn there that it's really neat. Williamsburg. Williamsburg is really neat. Yeah, it's really neat and cool. So yeah, lots of cool shit to see if you can. And and you know what, you could spend half a half of the. 
you know, mm-hmm. half a day or more just walking around Brooklyn and seeing stuff mm-hmm. there. Um, I'm, I just messaged Dan because Dan, for some reason, I, I don't know if he's coming back to do the news because he, I've got a couple of Dan things. Uh, I've got some Trump audio from uh, him uh, at a wedding. <laughs> you know, apparently what he does, because Mar-a-Lago or whatever, Mar-a-Lago is also used as a, a, like it's a banquet facility and people have their weddings there. And what, what he does, <laughs> what Trump does, he just keeps interrupting people's weddings. And of course, listen, if you're booking your wedding at Mar-a-Lago, you're doing it on the chance that the former president of the world might pop into your reception. And, and very often he does. But it's not like he pops in and he's, you know, it's never about the, the bride and groom and uh, what they're doing. It's always about him. Right. You know, on the surface, that is pretty cool. It is. You think the former president, just, you know, take all personality and history away, that a former president would do that is, is pretty neat. Yes. If it were like uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, you imagine Obama sliding up there and saying something mm-hmm. cool. And um, I told you I listened to I was listening to some Howard Stern interviews. I listened to the Rosie O'Donnell, <laughs> be it eccentric or extreme. She hates Trump so much that she owned a home in Miami. And if she looked out the back, she could see the top of Mar-a-Lago. So she she sold it. She moved. <laughs> <laughs> no word of a lie. Well, here, here it she couldn't is. Stand it. She couldn't stand looking out back and saying that he's there. I can't. So do here's about 30 seconds of Trump. And uh, it's the father of some, one of the. So it's a parent and the two people getting married. And mm-hmm. he interrupts and the background is the band. Everyone's wearing tuxedos. Former president comes in. And here's what he says. Oh, he's talking about how big the crowd was. Uh, either at January 6th or at one of his recent rallies. I had a hell of a time, and uh, the crowd was massive, and everybody was happy, and I said, I have to go. No, 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 you can't. I just want to say it's been an honor to be your president, and so many of my friends are in this room, and they happen to be Jewish. And they said tonight that no president has done more for Israel than I have. There you go. So that that's the president popping in to say well wishes to the bride and groom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a piece of work. Last night, the story broke that he is going to have to testify under oath in New York regarding the uh, rape charge. Not rape, the rape accusation mm-hmm. against him. That woman that claims that he pushed her into a fitting room in some department store couple of decades ago in new york city and raped her so of course it's a lie everything's a lie He's making it up but obviously there's enough there for a judge to say hey this is going to the next level so yeah, yeah it's crazy uh dan Durant. badge of honor for the orange fella yeah it's always a wish hunt. it's always a witch hunt it's never it's never nothing is ever his fault it's pretty mm-hmm. interesting uh dan Durant, are you back here now yeah, I'm back. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know where you went. I was like, where's Dan Duran for kind of like, I lost track of time, you know. So, uh, so why don't you... What's going on? Well, oh, if you could t- put time in a bottle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a song and everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
understand uh, someone who really needs to put time in a bottle and then just have it there and you know when he needs yeah, it needs yeah. it yeah need a little extra time mm-hmm. pour it out right. of the bottle into my glass and uh, mm-hmm. if I could spend time in a bottle <laughs> the first thing that I'd like to do mm-hmm. is to save every day that song's a bit depressing oh Christ <laughs> There's also that band Bread. If a picture paints a thousand kill me's. The first thing that I'd like to do is to say By the way, when we were talking about depressing songs the other day, somebody on Facebook, I can't remember who it was, might have been Lisa. Uh, Liza Def- I always get her last name wrong, but she knows who I'm talking about. Uh, Cats in the Cradle, also very depressing. Which, by the way, oh, yeah. that brings us to you, Dan. This is probably mm-hmm. the perfect background music for mm-hmm. your story. But you look at Time in a Bottle is depressing, and um, Message in a Bottle is fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's All right. Things you can do with bottles. That's right. 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall is a fun song. <laughs> There's another one. There's another fun song with mm-hmm. bottles. A child was born the other day. Listen, I used to sing this oh. to my kids and make them cry. That was made, mm. they, Everyone recognizes the passage of time. So yesterday, Dan had breakfast with his kid, Colton. We've already talked about Colton. What a wonderful human being he turned out to be. So maybe you could pick up the thread of the story. You left your hotel room. You went back to Colton's place. You got him for breakfast. And you had the last couple of hours with your son. Right. And then, you know, it was a great, uh, you know, we we're just talking back and forth about things and uh, launching because he landed uh, with this job, which was fantastic that all, you know, I, and they get, like I was setting up his desk five minutes after the desk was set up. He was on a Zoom call with Los Angeles. He's doing some stuff for a, for a company out there as a film producer. So it was really cool that he's like in it. And um, so I dropped him off at his place uh, after the so he drove up and you know, oh, it was just one of those things we, we hugged each other so I pull up to his place we're trying to figure out where to park again and I've uh, illegally parked somewhere close by so I did, wasn't going to go in the house and uh, he got out of the car and told each other we loved each other and uh, gave the big huge dad son hug and uh, I'll never forget so like he goes he walks away and uh, I'll never forget the he's going into his uh, his house um, I'm sitting there in the car by this point and I'm just looking at him going through the door and that really hit me and then I couldn't drive for a so I just sat <laughs> there just sat there bawling can't drive yeah he didn't know yeah. I was there I just that's played. the ultimate distracted driving when you can't see through your tears <laughs> yeah no kidding. So, yeah, but the was, sort of symbolism in that he went through the door and his shut is like that ends a, a chapter. Yeah, that's chapter right. In life. That's exactly yeah. what it was in my mind. Oh, yeah. Well, Dan was telling me that story as I was coming home last night, and he was. We were both driving, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he, he went into some. De- I started to tear up, and then, and then he went into the detail about Colton's job and only the way that Dan can, and that cured me from crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still can't believe he spread his cheeks for the hotel room, to be honest. Who, Dan Duran? 
Yeah. Well, he'll he'll he'll, he'll spread yeah. a cheek. He'll spread a cheek or two. Yeah. I didn't want to. You know. You should have just in moving the in. There's, there's no place to stay. There. You know, they've got mattresses on the floor and air mattresses. He ordered a mattress online when I was there. So it, it's His roommates don't up. want old dad Dan Duran dad kicking around, hanging around. This is special. Yeah. This is a different relationship. Uh, by the way, speaking okay. of special, our friend Darren Wassler just weighed in on Facebook. Jim Richards is back on the air weekdays 7 to 11 on CFRB, which is great. Oh, okay, be that, good. Which is I kind of full circle for him because he was always kind of mm-hmm. the best in the evenings. And uh, Carly Myers went to Vancouver to work at a new alternative station that just launched. Is that also where Jay Brody went? Maybe uh, Boone will tell us. So, uh, Dan, uh, how have you, have you, what's the, did you set any ground rules with Colton as to how much contact you'd like to have? Or, you know, are you allowed to call? Can you text? Are you FaceTiming? What are you doing? Uh, just, he's mostly a texter. So I think I'll start doing some FaceTiming or something with him once we get there. But he just likes, I don't know, he's the generation. It's always texting. Well, this I've yeah. had text text inter- interactions with him. And I'm at, at halfway through, I'm going like, I'm just going to call you because this is getting irritating. No, I know. So irritating. You know, that's creeping into the upper demographics now, too, the texting thing. You know what I mean? A lot, as opposed to just picking up the phone and yeah. talking about it. Um because so often I'm in the middle of texting things and I, I think that it's just I I just I just rather call and air it out right yeah, yeah the, you know if there's a, a quick exchange something you just need a fact or something need to communicate mm-hmm. it you know at your convenience kind of thing but if you're going to start you know we're yeah. we're live texting back and forth yeah and if I have to do paragraphs right like yeah. I, you know like I was texting Fred during the baseball mm-hmm. game basically one That's word or two word hey this is bullshit or that's crazy. Once I start to have to do paragraphs, I just get I, I find it tedious. Here's the thing, and I'm I know parents will relate to this, and I've probably mentioned it before, but it's weird when I'll get a message from one of my kids, and then I'll call them, and they don't answer. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I just don't understand it. You're there. Yeah. You just texted me. I know. I know. Pick up the phone, and I'll even text that? that. I don't know. Maybe they just what don't want to talk to us. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe they're not more. May- well, and here's the thing. I don't know with Spencer. Ring her off or something. With or? Charlie, she'll text me uh-huh. while she's on a call, maybe, or doing something for her job. And if I text back, or I'll try and call, and she'll she'll text me right back and say, "I can't talk to you now. I'm in a meeting." Right. So that I understand. Uh, Dan Duran is frozen yeah, now. She's all, always seems to be in a meeting. Yeah, are you in a meeting? All the time. It's, it's 11 p.m. But yeah, it's weird that... Yeah. I thought you were frozen there, Dan, but you're just looking at uh, your computer. Yeah, I was just looking at... Uh, yeah, Colton sent me some texts yesterday. There was one I was looking for. Can I... Um, anyway, well... <laughs> So it's it's sad, but it's good. It's happy. It's especially you know, Dan was describing to me, Fred, mm-hmm. the opportunities for a, uh, such a talented kid like Colton. It's going to be uh, that's Dan's retirement plan. You understand that, right? <laughs> like Colton is going to be working on these multi-million dollar movies. He's going to be moving to California. Dan will mm-hmm. move moving down there with them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's his plan. Be a little knock on the door. Hey, how you doing, Colton? Whatever works. <laughs> it right. is interesting, though, and you know, more and more you hear about this. Uh, Colton was at a reputable art school, and what? Honestly, Dan became bored with it. Yeah, and it, isn't it interesting now through whatever 
networking. He ends up with this gig he's got now, and he's probably he'll probably learn more through that. Yeah, in a shorter period of time than going to the school that he described to me several times as being somewhat, you know, bulky, plodding, like sort of not up to date. And uh, I think a lot of kids are, you know, they're, you know, rolling up their sleeves, getting into it, and they're learning that way more than through the schools, especially when it comes to the arts like this. Yeah, I mean, it can it can certainly deliver, you know, some of the basics mm-hmm. if you haven't got those yet. But yeah. a lot of the people going into those schools already, they have to apply. They have a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're if you're uh, you know have any kind of above average talent mm-hmm. that you know when you get into it, once you learn the stuff that that you, you know you're not interested in, but you have to. The other stuff is what it gravitates. And Howard and I, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, uh, that the, when we got into radio, it wasn't through a broadcast school or no. anything. It was, you know, we we got into it, and that was our school. Yeah. The work experience of <laughs> And it's funny, because even the kids that came out of broadcast school, and there were some that I'd worked with that had gone to, like, Fanshawe and Ryerson, and mm-hmm. all said the same thing. You learn sort of more in the first six to months to a year on a job than you do in, mm-hmm. in the school. The thing is the school gives you the entree into the job, but in Colton's case, in my case, your case, like Freddie, you went to broadcast school, but you know, I'm sure your experience in the first couple of years in the business is what, you know, was your foundation. Absolutely. Like, you know, when you're a broadcasting school, one day you're doing this, one day you're doing that, next day you're doing this, and mm-hmm. learning again, plodding slowly. You get into a radio station, you're doing all that stuff every day. That's right. You know? Um, all right, well, let's move on to this section of the program. Oh. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. <gasps> Dandoran, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house With news and views Here's the proud papa Dandoran Banned Apple AirTags on airlines are not banned after all. Now, you may have heard a couple of days ago that Lufthansa was banning AirTags, the Apple AirTags, to track luggage, which, you know, those tags seem like a smart thing to do given what's going on in the luggage world these days. The worry was the very small lithium battery that was inside, that is inside those uh, air tags, and also that it, it emits a Bluetooth signal, which, you know, when you're in airplane mode on an airline, that's, they want you to put it in there to protect the, I guess, the ground signals or something. Anyway, Lufthansa now says that it had, it had concerns, it has checked with their regulator, and there is no problem. They never did ban them, and they were not planning on it. They were just making sure that they were good as far as the the regulator goes so yeah. no problem no worries yeah i love tons i love the air tags now yeah it's very nice <laughs> we love all our air tags yeah. yes love tons of loves tags well they're a wonderful thing uh they yeah. certainly are you know even like with uh you should put one on stan you know fantastic stan well your son danny's put air tags on everything in his world mm-hmm. isn't he he's got yeah. all of his yes he yeah, he's, he's got this little thing going where the little ones, he hides them on products that people don't see. And if they're stolen, obviously they could be tracked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
No, Lufthansa. Uh, is there another story, Dan? <laughs> right, yeah, this story. All I've got for you is just saying Lufthansa over and over again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hang on a Have second. Have you ever thought of getting in there, Kay, though? No, I haven't. Oh. I didn't, I didn't you don't even lose know. stuff, then. I, well, I you do wouldn't. lose stuff, but, uh, you know, nothing tag-worthy. You, you know, put, I should have put a, your, your golf bag or something. I should have put air tags in my mind. I've lost that. <laughs> see, see what I did there. there you go. <laughs> funny, funny. <laughs> Don't forget to be watch me doing my thing. Funny um, stuff. Funny stuff. Funny man. Uh, tomorrow night I'll be hosting uh, a Just for Laughs showcase. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. You know. <clears throat> Like, I'll go along all summer. I've done a couple of gigs, and then I'm like, I don't know if I want to go and bother doing that again. And then I get an email. Do you want to do that again? I'm like, yeah, okay. So tomorrow night, it's going to be a bunch of comedians uh, doing their very best. It'll be like an entire night of sort of talk show sets. And what I mean by that is, you know, a comic goes on a talk show, does six or seven minutes of their Mm -hmm. best stuff. In this case, it'll be probably, I'm going to say as many as 10 of the best comedians in the country tomorrow night at 7.30, Yuck Yucks, uh, all display, uh, trying to get into the Just for Laughs festival by showcasing uh, their best stuff. So I'll be so hosting. So is it being recorded or is it in front of uh, uh, the No, I'll, they'll, they'll actually be people there oh. from the festival. That's what I was saying to Stephen because his, uh, his son, Simon, who's turned 39, we talked about that, is a very, very, very funny you want to talk about artistic? He's all—he's a, a very good artist uh, and extremely talented. His stand-up is very of this time, and and he, uh, Stephen was saying like you know that sort of generation isn't as enamored with JFL, but I'm sure he'd love a festival shot someday. So I said to Steve, I'm just going to play his stuff in between. But uh, that's 7.30 tomorrow night. If you haven't been at Yuck Yucks in a while, it'll be a great show. And I'm going to do like, I don't know, I'll do like 10 or something off the top of my nonsense. Of my stand up. Mm-hmm. I'll do a quick 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Mike, My- Mike Myers. Mike uh, Boone is here. Mike Myers is not here. Uh, Boone, sit still. Are you going to sit here for Dan's second story? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. You mentioned you mentioned Mike Myers. I was looking at some old uh, <coughs> City TV archives. Oh yeah. And I saw the clip of him in Speaker's Corner. Hi, I'm Mike from Scarborough. <laughs> it was uh, something. I'm, I'm not aware of that. One day he'd be worth over two hundred million dollars. <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike Myers, Speaker's Corner. I can, you know what? That's how fast I can get this shit for you. Mm. <clears throat> Will Ferrell and Mike Myers. No, that's not the one you're talking that's newer, about. Obviously. That's a different one. Okay. Oh, here it is. Mike Myers. Stand by. No, first a VRBO ad. I don't have the. Oh, here we go. Skip ad. Here we go. My name is Mike, and I'm from Scarborough. I just came into town to visit my friends and family, and I just wanted to say um, that I'm really proud of what the Blue Jays did, and um, just wanted to say it's good to be home, and I just want to say hi, Toronto. There you go. Was that before he was famous or yeah. somewhere uh, in I there? think um, beginning of fame. At the beginning, well, <laughs> he said yeah. the, with the Blue Jays, that would have been early 90s, so that would have been, he would have just been on his way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. would appear on Christopher Ward's. Uh, is it City Limits or whatever? He would come in as a like Mike Mo- as a Wayne Wayne Campbell. That's where right. that character originally. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael, uh, for that bit of information. Appreciate that. Okay. And now with his second story, live from Lisa's uh, living room or wherever the hell. Here's Dan Daru. 
Jurors ordered conspiracy theorist Alex Jones yesterday to pay nearly a billion bucks. Three hundred and sixty five million was the verdict on a second judgment. Nine hundred and sixty five. Nine hundred and sixty. Yeah, you said three hundred and sixty-five. Oh, nine hundred and sixty-five. Yeah, that is not, not like he's going to pay any of it. But yeah, he's not. And and, uh, and here's the the oddest thing. After you know he did whatever he did in the in the courtroom, he did testify, uh, and you know had some sort of you know it didn't uh, you know it didn't really mean to hurt anybody kind of reaction. But then he he uh, he was live streaming on InfoWars while the judgment was being read, of all things. And so here's a few clips from, from that experience. $57 million, $600,000. $57 million, $20 million, $50 million, $80 million, $100 million, blah, blah. You get a million, you get a $100 million, you get a $50 million. Slander damages, past and future. Couldn't put on evidence, couldn't defend ourselves. This corrupt, dying political system wants to try to make you the devil. I'm not the devil. And God is my judge, not you globalist scumbags. I personally don't have $2 million. The company's almost completely out of money. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get Vitamin Mineral Fusion, get X3. Flood us with donations and get the X3 and see what it does for your body. (laughs) By by the way, he's fundraising off of it. Yeah, absolutely is. We had mentioned it earlier in the show, Dan, but you know what's so gross about this? What's so gross is this idea of this, you know, of course, bringing religion into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that they're the, now the now the right wing idiots are are um, jumping on this idea that he was not allowed to defend himself. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. He refused. There's a big difference. Well, it's creating a narrative. Right yes. After the fact to sort of. Allow him to continue on because it we, has nothing to do with facts. Well, exactly, because yeah. he was allowed to defend himself. It's not we're not living in China, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so bullshit. I mean, all of it's bullshit. The fact but that he, what a what a despicable, despicable human being. What a waste of fucking air, man. That guy. Yeah. And there's people that just give him money. Who are they? Oh, all those people. Oh no, but who are they? I know. Well, somebody watching that yesterday went yeah. to his online store and ponied it, you know, ponied up some money to make sure that he was able to continue his great work for Jesus. And Dan, you're not violent, but tell me you'd like to punch him in the face because we were saying that earlier. I'd love to punch him in the face and punch him again. <laughs> Even Dan tell Duran. Me. Come on, Dan. Dan Duran, would you punch Alex Jones in the face? Well, given the opportunity and, you know, it was a thing to do at the moment, I would, you know, sure take you my would. turn. Might take my turn. <laughs> well, Dan, you don't even have to punch him. You can just dick slap him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From afar. Uh, okay, Boone. All right, Boone. What's going on with the Boone? Boone, Boone. Of all the conspiracy theories, that might be the most offensive. What, Dan's, yeah, Dan's wiener? I'm offended by your crutch again, boys. There's your crutch. Mm-hmm. Crotch, no. crutch, crutch. No, shit is our crutch. No, and crotch. Dick, 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 and shit. <laughs> anyway, yes, anyway. No, you're right, Mike. I agree. It doesn't get lower yep. than them. Yep. Yep. And we just, you know, how horrible Rush Limbaugh was and Tucker Carlson can be. Nothing matches that. And yeah. dare I yeah. say that conspiracy theory ruins the other fun conspiracy exactly. theories like, like Humble Howard and his nine eleven stuff. Yeah, I've completely it's wrecked it for me. 
Like mm-hmm. all this, that's what I used to have fun with it. I'd get involved in, you know, 911.org and enjoy it. But then I ran into the people in that world, a couple in particular that still hound me every so often. And I was like, no, 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 yep. fella, you're out of your fucking minds. And I'll tell you, I know one person that absolutely believes Sandy Hook was a false flag. Same with the Boston Marathon uh, uh, bombing. I know I literally believes that to the day. I'll, I'll actually too, because I'll bet your Surrett believes part of that as well. And how do you even deal with that? Like, like, how do you even... I blocked him. <laughs> I just blocked him. You know, and it's one thing to be um, disturbed. And you just mentioned someone who I believe is. But with the evil way. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're not wired right or something's happened in your past, but you've gone like fucking full blast evil. Like Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm watching this uh, series on Netflix and it's mm-hmm. just he's broken. Yeah. I was Freddie said that he started watching. I some a bunch of people have been talking about. It. I might. I don't have a series right now. I might uh, jump on the Dahmer series. Well, it's dark AF, as the kids say, but uh, very interesting. And the the guy who plays Dahmer, he does quite the job. Uh, it really sucks you into this. World well, I'm, I'm saying to Freddie, you know, that's such a. You know, one of the signs. Like, and again, for some reason, all these serial killers are you know men mostly white men disturbed but i think you know once your kid brings home some like half a raccoon he picked up on the road and starts to fucking dissect it you know that mm-hmm. to, to the modern parent uh, what is your youngest son's name again mike jarvis jarvis if jarvis comes home with like some kind of weasel <laughs> that he picked up <laughs> that's that he killed and wants to say hey daddy do you mind if i dissect this next to the mm-hmm. uh, toronto mike broadcast studios well, this lends, this creates that great convo, nature versus nurture, right? Because a lot of times we hear serial killers were abused as kids and they come from broken homes and their daddy didn't love them and their mommy didn't hug them. But then you got Jeffrey Dahmer who seems to be born that way. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah you, you can't describe, you can't explain it. No. Yeah. No. Well, like I said, the silicon chip inside somebody's head. Uh, Toronto, Mike, you've got, uh, what do you got for us today? I know there was some, okay. uh, I saw your note a while ago, but I've already forgotten. Well, okay, so this is October, newsflash, yes. and uh, about 10 Octobers ago, you guys were the victim of uh, something that Opie and Anthony called Jocktober. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe, because there are so many new listeners who don't remember 10 years ago, you guys are turning 11 like tomorrow. So yeah. uh, can you guys, rem- do you guys, tell me what you remember about Jocktober, and then I have a little clip. Uh, I could start playing just to give people kind well, of to, a, to give some context what this uh, guy these guys Anthony and Opie, Opie Anthony uh, their listeners would target different morning shows every October and flood their Facebook page at the time Facebook was the the Twitter of the world it was the number one sort of everyone went there every day checking your Facebook page was ritualistic and uh, I guess that was the deal and this particular October 10 years ago Based on something you and I said about going to New York to listen to Opie and Anthony, that's right. That's that right. we were, you know, had to, we were forced to go to we, to, to New York by our bosses because we were supposed to learn something from them. We had mentioned this, and somehow one of their listeners heard us. We just said they weren't. We heard the show, and it's like, wow, we've traveled all this way. We're listening to that show. I think we think we're better than they are, but. <laughs> You, you you weren't allowed to think that because they were American show. Yeah, you triggered them. Mm-hmm. We definitely yeah. triggered someone. And so what happened was, and I and we didn't know any of this. 
about mm-hmm. this whole idea of Jocktobering because at that point, none of us had satellite radio and they were on Sirius. And uh, all of a sudden, our Facebook feed was flooded by their listeners. Now, I don't know what you're going to play, but the thing worked out in such a great way for us. Yeah, it did. Well, let me play. To be honest, I set this up a few months ago, and then you didn't have time. So I said, okay, I'll park it till October. So I can't remember what I pulled. So I'm, I'm going to be as surprised as you to hear what I have here. You ready? Yeah, man. All right. And you just give me a, like a gesture when you want me to bring it sure. down because it's a few minutes here. What a coincidence. Uh, Iraq just handed me some Humble and Fred audio. Ah. Humble and Fred oh. uh, were addressing the situation. But they were. They finally uh, got on the air and, and talked about it. Huh? Talked about the uh, the Go Facebook page getting destroyed. and Good for them. Talking about us, talking about them, mm-hmm. and trying to explain their original comment about us. Can't wait to hear it. Want to hear some of this? Oh, they certainly do. Humble and Fred explain their ONA story. And it, and it was 13 years old. What? That little shot they took at us. They failed to mention that it was something they heard 13 years ago. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wait, what? <laughs> you know that little shot they took at us? Said so they heard the show and it wasn't funny? Funny, but they're fun. Or the PD said, yeah, yeah. but they're fun. I guess that was from 13 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. But I think they said it um, um, recently. Yeah. Yeah, they they said it recently, but they were talking about when they were listening 13 years ago. If they would have said it's something they heard 13 years ago, then we probably would have just said, ah, fuck it. Because, you know, we know what we sounded like with the bra bombing thing and everything. Never. We had our douchey moments, trust me. Well, 13 we'll years ago. We'll be the ago, first to admit it. No, that was NEW. That, that wasn't, was NEW. Uh, yeah. All right, then fuck them. That was the Big Apple, if I would. That's right. Okay, we had Arthur Simeon. All right, yeah. And Aisha Alpha. Okay. And a couple of our friends who are stand-up comics. And we yeah. were talking yeah. about stand-up comedy. So, yeah, that sets it up. And they're wrong there because we did say that years ago we went to yeah. New York City. And at the time, anyway. Well, well, that was what. That's really what but that right. that phrase, by the way, that came from one of our bosses because you and I said, "Well, these guys aren't that funny," and their whole thing was, "They're not funny, but they're fun." And our response was, "Well, we're both funny and fun, so you know, mm-hmm. fuck it." And you know, you talked about they they swarmed your Facebook page. You know who got the worst of it? Because I was reviewing this all. Uh, Eileen got the worst of this. Yes. They, they said some horrible things. They called her the word you used in your test episode eleven years ago, and they called her that. Often, and they basically went at her pretty hard in the the Facebook comments. Yeah, oh, I wish sorry. we could sort of fast forward to the part where where they where what what turned it for Opie and Anthony because normally what mm-hmm. they would do is their audience would jocktober a morning show, and that morning show would never mention it, and that was sort of fuel for their fire. What dissolved it or diffused it for us is we were like, fuck, of course we're going to mention it because we thought, you know, again we're self deprecating. When they, I don't know when they figured out that we were making, we also made fun of our own selves, and the, I think they really loved the fact. That mm-hmm. we acknowledged it. We we're the first ones in their history to ever acknowledge having had this swarming. And for some reason, they liked that. And then the key part of the story. Go ahead. We had them on. Yeah, we had a whole yeah. back and forth with them. And it was they great. They came on our show. We're right. Yeah. So they, they crapped over you, but you, you kind of took it and you faced it. And they had mad respect for you yeah. that you were like sort of mm-hmm. owning it and kind of being reasonable. And then they sort of grew to care about you and they came on and it was all good mm-hmm. and i don't know what happened does anyone know what happened to opie and anthony one of them got fired like shortly mm-hmm. thereafter one of them said something got fired got canceled that was yeah. before we called people getting canceled and the other one i don't know opie and 
I, I know there, Anthony. Anthony. You got fired, and then Opie continued to have a show, and I heard it at the odd time. But but again, it's the type of show that I. I don't know. I just didn't find it funny. I didn't find it at all clever, their show. Like, you know, Stern, sometimes it's goofy, but it's gets it's clever or... Anyway. I don't know that. I think what's replaced them on Sirius is Jim Norton, the comedian who was part of their show, now does a show. Right. And I think Opie worked with him for a while yeah. and then backed off and maybe went back to terrestrial radio. I don't know. I th- I th- or doing a podcast. Um Mm. But it was an interesting anniversary. And it was, I'll tell you, at the time, it was great for us because it got us some, I don't know, some notoriety. and Oh, yeah. It was great content. Like, as I would listen daily, as you know, I still do. What a great show. Stephen Glassman's right. This is the greatest podcast. But I uh, got to say, it was compelling content, like, to have these two. Because next to Howard Stern, I think they had, like, the biggest yep. syn- syndicated show in the country. Yeah, they were huge. They and were you were absolutely. on, you know, having them attack you is sort of like that's where you are now. You're that's the level that the Humble and Fred podcast had reached. It was quite. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was flattering. It, it was, and it was both flattering and also, you know, sort of indicative of who we were and are. Is that rather than ignore it and pretend it wasn't happening, we used it for content on our show, and they liked that. That was the thing they sort of respected is that we didn't run from it. We sort of acknowledged that it was kind of a pretty funny some of the shit. And we read, I remember at the time reading some of the stuff that was on our Facebook page. Again, a a thing no other morning show that had ever been attacked by them had done. But it was also frustrating, too, because they had there was a channel I called it. I think it was called Faction. Was Mm -hmm. it not that they were heard or did they have their own channel? I can't remember. But when they did that with us, we thought, what you said, Mike, it's like it almost elevated us to uh, this level. And remember, I knew a guy that worked at Sirius XM, and then I talked to the program director. And Howard, remember, we pitched them. We are saying, you know, if you're looking for content, Opie and Anthony have acknowledged us. Can you give it some time? You might want to put it on. Because at the time, we were on, were we on Sirius at the time? No, we weren't. Okay, we weren't even on that series. Yeah. Shortly after we were, but no, we weren't on series at the time. He said, hey, if you're looking for content, and these guys are giving us the time of day, you might want to listen to our show and maybe throw it up on that faction. Because we weren't super Canadian-specific, so to speak. We just talked about shit, right? Yes, we do. Um, yes, we did. <laughs> and um, But nothing ever came of that. Again, I, the guy never really took me seriously. Um, but shortly thereafter, you're on Canada Laughs, and maybe there's a dotted line there. Yeah, somewhere. maybe. Um, by well, the way, that was Shwarma that made us that mm. connection, was it not? No, it was Gary Slate. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, Gary Slate was the one that talked to the uh, nitwits about hiring us. Um, mm, okay. Listen, uh, before speaking of poop, before we leave for another Hi, week. Guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This, come, this just Hi, guys. This came in fresh. Uh, the uh, subject line, worst place to take a dump. Listen, mm-hmm. no one loves poo stories like our audience. This is from uh, Albert Schmidt, who says, Hi, guys. Intellectual giants digging deep in the recession of the human condition, dot, 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 pooping. Your discussion on the worst places to have to go number two reminded me of a family hike at Alora Gorge when I was a kid. Where's the Alora Gorge, boys? I've heard of it, but I'm not 100%. Right near Alora, Howard. <laughs> okay, thank you. Right there, yeah. It's nice. It's lovely. Dan's like, I'll show you my Alora Gorge. <laughs> um, hey. 
I'm on fire. Uh, Albert says, my dad had to go bad. The leg twitches and the epileptic gait made my brother and I laugh. I said, just go behind the bushes. No one is here. He said, no. Then he found a spot in plain view of the trail, and he said, look away. He had discovered a groundhog hole into which he laid his load, laughing the whole time. My dad hated groundhogs. Happy poopings to all. Albert. Hi, guys. And I thought there's a nice note to end the show. Do Canada geese have holes? I guess not. No. They don't know. Coming up next week on Humble and Fred. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, yeah. No Dan Duran. When are you going to uh, when are you going to Paris, Dan? Uh, going down uh, to the airport for a six o'clock flight, I believe, tomorrow night on Friday night. And then flying home. Nice. Then so being... will Dan be in France Tuesday? Yes, he'll be at Lumby's on Tuesday. Okay, because Jeff Lumby is our special guest uh, cool. for Tuesday's episode. Maybe That's Dan be great. will pop on. Dan's yeah, he good. mentioned that we uh, it would be kind of cool if we're just sitting next to each other yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in his, his beautiful studio there. And uh, mm-hmm. while you're there, I need you to... I'm gonna When we talk today, there's a couple things I want you to see if you can work out. Because uh, when I'm there the following week, we're going to record one of those special shows uh, like we did at the trailer. There's going to be me, Lumby, and Fred and, and Dan later in the afternoon. But I got to figure out, because I know I can record it on Zoom, but I'm going to have to send that file somehow to you, Mikey, for you to process it. You know what I mean? You can drop the file in the FTP, and then I can pull it, process it, and put it back. Right, but I'm, and I'm going to be using Lumby's computer, so he already has a mechanism he to drop. Yeah, so, okay. I bookmarked it for him. Yeah, okay, perfect. By the way, it's a double header. I don't want to bury the lead here. Yeah, Jeff Lumby, who, we got a new picture and everything for social media for yes. Jeff Lumby. He's our guest. When, that's very important. Wednesday, but there's a double header. Another great guest on Wednesday. Do you know who it is, Howard? Tuesday, you mean. Tuesday. My apologies. Yeah, I'm uh, fast forwarding. Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday. Jeff Lumby's Tuesday. And then Charlie Glassman on the program. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Charlie and uh, her uh, colleague, James Posito, who uh, she works with uh, at the New York Agency. They are the ones that created the Booby Billy Instagram account. And next uh, uh, Tuesday, uh, the Booby Billy book comes out will the dog be on this uh podcast <laughs> uh i've asked I'm, yeah i guess if, if billy's around there just pull the tail see what yeah <laughs> that's right but uh, so yeah. wednesday sorry wednesday is uh the return of jackie delaney yes yeah it'll be interesting i, I follow jackie on twitter as you do mike and uh yeah she's definitely she's i'll tell you one thing about jackie she is all in on peepee <laughs> yeah She's all in on PP, and I think uh, she's endorsing the Italian prime minister or president, whatever that is. And of course. It'll oh, be yeah. interesting to get her take on this wing nut out in Alberta now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she's a big fan as well. Uh, thanks very much to uh, Stephen uh, Glassman uh, popping in today. Dan Duran, lovely to uh, have you uh, share your story with us. Mm. Uh, anything you need to mention, Freddie? You're going to be watching who, who are the Bills playing this weekend? Oh, Kansas City, big game for uh, the four oh, yeah. o'clock game on Sunday. Kansas City with uh, what's a Mahomes? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's a fine quarterback. That's going to be a game and a half. I yeah, wish I will. was going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. I wish I was saying that right now to see that game. I wish you were too. They got some crazy little women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, going to get me one. Just hey, for, Howard. Yes, my friend. 
Last week, you made reference to doing stand-up in Seattle for a sitcom star who yes. was headlining. And for the last week, I've been wondering, who was that sitcom star? Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, because you didn't drop a name. You just said I think I mentioned it. Um, yeah, it was a place called Swanee's Comedy Underground. And it was in the uh, that Kingdom area. Well, uh, what's that market there they have? Uh, the Starbucks market. Yeah, but it's a famous market there in uh, Seattle. That I can no longer remember, but it's yeah, there. she's a bigger yeah. deal than sitcom star. I'd say that's a big deal. Rosie. Well, at the time, she was just a sitcom star. She had I think I remember what her sitcom was. I don't know because it was short lived. I don't remember. Yeah, sitcom. but uh, Pike Street Market or something like that. Dan, you've been down there. We've uh, no, no, I've never. Uh, really oh, been come there. on, Dan. No, I've driven through, but I've never done. I didn't stop. Dan, the bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle. I didn't notice. It's a gray day when I went through. <laughs> I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to keep up with Mr. Song is in everything. There's a song. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. yeah well, I'm, just not, I'm just not that kind of guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yes. Uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you to Toronto Mike for his uh, loving producing of this program. Dan, safe travels to you. The next time we speak to you will be, I guess, Tuesday from Lumby's Place. And everyone have a safe, humble, and Fred weekend and uh fred and i'll be back here on monday this episode of humble and fred was brought to you by bodog the retirement sherpa the chambers plan GoDaddy, and health gauge you can email us humble and fred at humble and and wherever you're listening to us help us out by liking subscribing give us giving us all the stars would be really appreciated for humble and fred i'm empty nester dan duran and remember no matter where i am france or italy i'm still here enjoy every goddamn day Destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where